Hello, this is Dan Bender, executive producer of the Singles Podcasting Network. Today, I'm excited to present Single Living, a podcast that brings you straight talk on everything that concerns today's singles, including relationships, dating, travel, and financial security. Single Living is hosted by Rich Goss, a well-respected expert in the singles industry. He is the author of eight books on dating and has lectured on the subject in over 50 colleges and universities. Rich is frequently interviewed by the news media, including Oprah, CNN, Fox News, and the Wall Street Journal, to name just a few. And now, here's the host of Single Living, Rich Goss. My guest today is Barrett R. Solberg, certified relationship coach and author of the ebook Revealing the Secrets to the Greatest Icebreaker Ever, which is a breakthrough book to help get guys on the path to the most fulfilling relationships possible. Welcome, Barrett. Great, glad to be here. Well, tell us about the new ebook, why an ebook specifically focused on introductions. Yeah, sure. I'm a part of the Relationship Coaching Institute, a certified relationship coach. And uh, as you may be familiar with their institute's charter, uh, there's a growing concern about uh, the failing in divorce and relationships that often lead to divorce. And I believe that a lot of that comes from an underlying scarcity mentality, especially among younger men, 20 to 25 years of age, where uh, they find themselves in a relationship and no matter how good or bad the quality of the relationship, they feel they have to stick it out or try to find ways to make it work, ultimately leads in divorce. And uh, there's that underlying concern that says, gosh, you know, uh, if, if this one doesn't work out, I don't know when the next one's going to come along. Well, I can sympathize with that, Barrett, because if you look at the statistics, uh, women under 25 in America who are single, for every 100 single women in that age bracket in America, there are 160 single guys, which means there are 60% of single guys in America can't find a date on Saturday night unless they're willing to share her with another guy. Well, and so, yeah, that actually even makes the point even stronger that uh, to really uh, kind of stand out in the crowd, you really need some special skills and to do an even better job to essentially become the chooser in the relationship to be able to, to not only just get any date, but the best relationship, the best dates, the best people that are the most compatible with you puts you in a position to be able to choose and be much more selective about the people that you spend time and commit yourself to. Okay, so how does the average single guy, knowing that there's a shortage of single women in their 20s, knowing that he's competing against all the guys in his own age bracket, and he's also competing against all the guys in their 30s and 40s and 50s who also want to date the young women in their 20s, how does a guy like this stand out from the crowd and compete for the babes? (laughs) Well, uh, the way you frame the question, I guess, makes it especially challenging uh, because of the way you're saying that, you know, guys of all ages wanted to date women in that particular range. Well, don't they? uh, well, it depends on the, to- the taste and choice. When you're talking about a chooser and you know, what you really go through, it really comes down to really getting a sense of what it is you really want, not necessarily what society tells you you should want or what your buddies tell you what you know, is best for you, um, because uh, you know, that gets into some bigger things when you look at what your requirements are. Uh, there's a level of m- emotional maturity and compatibility that comes into play. So, sure, you know, it may be sexy and alluring to date somebody that's, uh, you're in your 40s and she's in your twi- her 20s, 20 years younger. But, you know, when you're talking about an enduring relationship, a fulfilling relationship, uh, that may or may not measure up. But my point is really that it really comes down to the introduction. 
that what you do and say within the first 30 seconds, first minute of that conversation are going to open up new opportunities for you like never before. Okay, and so elaborate on that. What should you do in those first 30 seconds? You're looking at this beautiful young woman. You're all tongue-tied because she's so gorgeous. You figure she won't even give you the time of day. How do you approach this woman, first of all? What do you say? Well, there's two conventional schools of thought out there that we, we see quite often. On one side, it's the, you know, just be real and just go into who you are and get into your background and let them know more about you, uh, right. what we call the job interview mode. The fallacy there is that everybody has a backstory. Everyone has a story that, you know, to them is interesting. And, you know, we're all reasonably pleasant people and, you know, in conversation and social conversation are going to express, you know, some level of interest in that. And we often confuse that with more than just a passing interest that, you know, there may be a great vibe from that. But in and of itself, just describing your, your past, your background, what you do for a living, where you grew up, in and of itself isn't particularly interesting to somebody and doesn't spark attraction. Boring. Exactly. Exactly. Our belief is that once you've sparked that attraction with a woman, all of that will become relevant to her. She's going to want to get to know it. If you think of the eight-minute dating frame, it's a great example to kind of cite, you know, you're meeting. Speed dating. Speed dating. Ten dates in an hour. Well, how am I going to stand out against you know, nine other guys that I've come across and we all have our stories and how is she going to remember my story against anyone else's? Just telling your background isn't in and of itself, like you said, it's boring. On the other extreme, there's kind of a conventional school of thought and it's sort of been revisited with a lot of different material and systems on the Internet, what we call pickup systems. Yes. Uh, there's the pickup lines that people talk about and say, oh, this is a great pickup line. And in the past, you know, they were seen for what they were. There's a newer school of thought that sort of tries to dress them up more subversively, if you will, that they're not, in fact, pickup lines, that they're kind of conveyed on a different level. But the fundamental problem there is that uh, they're inherently deceitful. And we believe that that doesn't start from a winning starting point for you to engage in a relationship that's going to, to lead to positive results for you. Can you give me an example of a deceitful opening line? Yeah, where you're coming in trying to establish high status by insulting or what we call negging a girl uh, right off the bat, positions you artificially ahead of her and making her feel that she is subservient to you right away. Let's say there's a real common school of thought about opinion taking, for instance, um, that it sounds like you're out doing market research. Hey, I was talking to my friends, and my friend has a kid sister, and she has these posters of uh, a rock star from the 70s on, his, on, on her wall. Do you think that, that that old rock star from the 70s is attractive? Do you think he's really sexy? That was completely made up. No yeah. friend, no, si no kid sister, nothing like that existed. But it starts from this point that you're trying to ask for her opinion, well, uh, just to get the conversation started. Well, the intention is probably correct, but the whole thing is sort of concocted. If you're going to do a routine, our belief is convey that you're going to do a routine, make it authentic, and that's where we come in the middle ground with what we call an icebreaker. It's a new phenomenon and far more compelling, far more engaging, and starts from a more winning perspective from the outset. To back up just for a moment, Barrett, uh, what do you mean by putting a woman down with one of these pickup lines? Can you give us an example of one of those? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's the school of thought that if you put a woman on a pedestal, and there's probably some, some merit in this, by complimenting her right off the bat, you're putting her ahead of you. And right. so you're putting yourself on a lower 
point of status. If you think about, uh, oh, you know, in Hollywood, when you're uh, around uh, Hollywood stars and things, and you come up and say, oh, my gosh, I'm your biggest fan. Oh, my gosh, you look fantastic. Well, you're putting that person so far ahead of you that you're not putting them on the same level as you. So by kind of taking that to its logical extreme, you're insulting them by putting them beneath you, subservient to you. They are forced to look up to you. So give us a pickup line that accomplishes this, that puts the woman down so that you appear to be superior to her. Well, okay, now you're asking me to get out of my own particular area of expertise, <laughs> but I'm aware of them, so I, I yeah, don't want to yeah. convey that I'm touting these as, as formulas. I understand. Uh, one that I've seen uh, touted on some bullet boards would be something like, wow, that's a pretty big purse, you carry a gun in that? <laughs> or uh, making fun of a woman's uh, her height or the shoes that she's wearing. And, you know, done in context where the vibe is already established that you're not necessarily approval-seeking can be effective. But coming out from the outset to go out with the expressed intention and mission of building a positive vibe or attraction out of insulting the other person, there are far more effective, more genuine, authentic ways to build attraction than insulting a woman's purse, clothes, toenails, wig, hair, whatever. And, and it really does work, though. These pickup artists really do pick up the babes by insulting them and attacking their height and their purse and so forth. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about it is that uh, the systems that I'm aware of out there, there are self-proclaimed experts out there who spend eight yeah. to ten hours a day kind of working the turf, if you will, doing this. And I suppose that, you know, if you do anything long and hard enough, you'll become effective at it. It's skill. My belief is that there are far more efficient ways to build and get the same result that I see guys actually coming back responding to these guys saying, well, gosh, I tried that and I got punched. I got slapped. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, can imagine. I, I, I rubbed a woman's belly and said, you know, that's some beer fat you got there and I got slapped. Oh, what? And you're God. like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a better way to kind of go about building a positive vibe than starting from a negative perspective. So you're telling me that there are self-proclaimed pickup artists that are going out teaching guys to insult women and rub their bellies and tell them they're flabby? Uh, that was a more recent entry that I've, uh, I read uh, on a bulletin board, but you may be familiar yeah. with the best-selling book last year that came out called The Game by Neil Stroud. Yes. And uh, that took the underground world to this uh, bestseller level and yes. uh, was really all about that. Okay, so you're talking about an alternative to putting women down and being phony. You're talking about being genuine, and your method is called using an icebreaker. Can you define what you mean by an icebreaker? What I mean by an icebreaker is that uh, within the first... 30 seconds to a minute that you uh, have the confidence to approach anyone with a piece of entertainment that uh, kind of establishes rapport and conveys the eight components of attraction that we believe pickup lines don't and certainly your background job interview mode won't right away that are absolutely essential to creating the vibe and connection that are necessary for attraction. So you're going to include the eight components of attraction in the first 30 seconds of approaching a woman that you've never met before. Not only do I do that, I believe that that's an essential formula for an effective interaction and is essential for any good icebreaker. If you think about a comedian, you know, kind of looking at a winning frame from that form of entertainment, a comedian has to come out with a good set of material right away. If he doesn't make you laugh within the first 30 seconds, for instance, it's really hard for him to get your attention for the rest of the routine. People are going to start throwing tomatoes at you if you don't get their attention right off the bat. 
Yeah, he certainly isn't memorable. You know, they'll say, well, gosh, you know, he was just another boring comedian versus somebody right. that made you start laughing right off the bat. And uh, I'm not asking for people to suddenly become the world's greatest comedian or a magician or juggler, but to take particular aspects from those winning models and incorporate them into their own life. Uh, you know, when you think about your dating, we put so much time and preparation into so many other aspects of our dating life, our attire, uh, the plans, where we go, where we spend our time, where we spend our money, what we do when we go on a date. And yet we think so little about the very things that actually really generate attraction, which are the exchanges and the things that you say and do when you're with that person, especially right at that introduction stage. Well, let's get into those eight components of attraction. What's component number one? The first component of attraction is interest in something unique and offbeat. Uh, women are extremely perceptive. They're aware of their surroundings and, you know, they have a very high threshold of boredom. So if you think about what appeals to women, almost like on a continuum, on one extreme you'll find, you know, lame and boring topics. We talked about job interview, but once you get into topics of discussion such as the weather, work, you know, how expensive things are, your family, those all have their time and place, but in terms of topics for conversation, they're kind of lame and boring and don't spark any interest. And it's strange, but men often on the other extreme, out of nervousness or, or what have you, will get into uh, what we call creepy topics, you know, things like death, <laughs> murder, crime. Especially with this proliferation of online dating, you want to set up a comfortable vibe, and there's so much good stuff to talk about, whether it be the latest movies that have come out, celebrity news, things that we can all relate to, what you're very passionate about, your own passions and interests, whether it's sailing, hiking, doing uh, beta breakers races, things like that, that kind of have universal appeal. And even if that other person doesn't share those passions with you, your passion and the things that you do that make you unique and offbeat will set you apart from the others that uh, may be uh, interacting with someone. So component number one, don't be boring. Come up with something interesting about yourself. Yeah, come up with something unique and offbeat, and that can also be in things that you wear. Part of what we do for our lifestyle coaching for men is that we actually have a menswear line of merchandise where we actually sell premium line shirts and accessories to really help you stand out and show a contemporary look to you. Sounds expensive, Barrett. doesn't necessarily have to be. It's amazing. There's uh, styles that have come in that uh, don't break the bank at all and are actually very competitive. And the world of online shopping has really made that accessible to everyone. So you don't have to go to the high-end boutiques in Los Angeles or New York anymore to look good. Okay, so people can go onto your catalog and get the good stuff to attract the babes. <laughs> but in a nutshell, that's right. And we might as well give them the plug right now. What's the website they go on to to order all this great merchandise? The merchandise site is arrogantmenswear.com. Okay. And let's move on to component number two in attraction that you're going to try to transmit to these women in the first 30 seconds of contact. What's the second component of attraction? second component is a, a challenge. Women love to be challenged in appropriate ways. If they have an opinion, uh, challenge it. Don't be so quick to agree with them on a particular opinion or position that they take. Not necessarily looking for an argument, but look for an alternate perspective on it because that's where that interesting, exciting tension gets dialed up. If they act like they're know-it-alls, you know, they're confident in their appearance or attire or attitude, you can tweak it a bit. And uh, you know, part of a woman's psyche just can't resist being put to the test. And it's also a signal, if you're you know, up to the challenge, be ready because they will definitely challenge you right back. And uh, that gets into some other areas of, of attraction, but uh, you want to be able to tease and insult, but done in a playful way, in a way that shows uh, some immediate rapport. 
So it sounds to me what you're saying is that if guys play it safe and talk about their job, they're going to bore the hell out of a woman and lose her, that the way to get a woman is to take a chance, be a little bit challenging, you know, take a chance on possibly upsetting her. Uh, but if you don't take that chance, you won't get the beautiful woman. To be a little bit daring, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and to be indifferent to her response, not insensitive, but, you know, if she uh, reacts, you know, in a way that's not necessarily pleasant, you don't have to be so quick to apologize and say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, and because that's actually very unattractive to women, sure. to be, uh, you know, stand by your opinions, and uh, you may not necessarily agree on a particular issue, but she'll respect you for it. Well, it sounds like what you're really saying here, Barrett, is uh, we've always heard that nice guys finish last. We always hear that the nice guys never get the babe. And really what you're saying is the reason these nice guys fail is because women just don't respect them. Women are looking for a guy that they can look up to or at least look in the eye. And that if a guy comes across as being too accommodating, too complimentary, puts her on a pedestal, he's never going to get her. That really what he has to do is take a chance and maybe challenge her a little bit and, and run the chance of antagonizing her and losing her because he's never going to get her anyway if he comes across as too nice of a guy. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you have to find ways to disagree all the time, but if you disagree on an issue, don't be afraid to stand by that. Uh, it's a great new book out by Jim Belushi, of all people, Real Men Don't Apologize. <laughs> I had not heard that. It's uh, actually a, a very interesting read, and he talked, touches on that very, very point, that you don't have to be a bad boy, but you don't have to be the nice guy either, that you can take elements from both. And being a nice guy doesn't mean that you have to always apologize and be the doormat for the woman. Being the bad right. boy means you don't have to be abusive yeah. and mean and uh, emotionally and, and physically abusive, but to be able to stand up for yourself and stand by your opinions and not to apologize for them is really a very, very attractive quality and component to women. So there's kind of a middle ground you're saying between being the nice guy and being the bad boy. And, and do you think the, the nice guy who does stand up for himself and does challenge a woman, do you think he really has a chance to get to the hot lady and that he really can compete against the bad boy successfully in the singles bars? I think that combined with some other factors will give you a serious leg up. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've all seen it with guys that are, frankly, just too anxious to be approval-seeking or to seek the attention or the, the pleasure of women, and uh, they're just too anxious about it, and that's a turnoff. To be slightly indifferent and uh, to stand by your own opinions is sort of that push-pull dynamic that others talk about, that uh, tension that dials up that women find very, very compelling, very attractive. Okay, so you don't want her to be too comfortable around her. You want to have some dating tension. Otherwise, uh, you're probably never going to see her again. <laughs> put into the <laughs> bottom line there. Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Okay, let's move on to component number three that you want to convey in those first 30 seconds with a new lady. Yeah, the, the next one is testing and confidence. And it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, but it's demonstrating a sense of confidence and being in control of your own reality and your own situation that no matter what's thrown at you, you can handle it because it conveys strength, calm, very endearing qualities to a woman. You think about the different challenges that we're all thrown in throughout the course of our life, the serious challenges. A woman will often test you in the early stages of a relationship and certainly at the introduction stage because for her it's a projection of how you'll handle the real hard stuff that comes along. So you have to demonstrate right up front that uh, the things that she throws at you, she might barb you and tease you a bit that you can handle it and you can throw it right back in a playful, fun way. Okay, that's number three. And then what about number four? What's that component? 
Number four is excitement. It kind of goes back to the first point that women are looking for some excitement and playfulness, and uh, they want to be where the action is. If you think about when we go into a new venue, a restaurant, a club, a, a social event, you know, our eyes and attention kind of gravitate to where the groups are that are laughing and engaging and having fun, and you know, we yes. kind of deter ourselves from the dull, boring areas. And right. we don't necessarily want to be so anxious to be the attention getter all the time, but you want to build excitement when the opportunity calls for it and a good sense of the right level of excitement at the right time is very very important you also think okay of, let's let's be more specific here how do you become mr excitement in those first 30 seconds well we offer up in our greatest icebreaker ever the first thing that you do right away is what i consider to be one of the most compelling magic tricks on the market today and the book details a step-by-step procedure on how to do it. It's called the multiplying bunny trick, but uh, we've taken it and rewritten the script for it and in a way that's very easy to learn and uh, is uh, done with the right ways, conveys all of those kinds of elements, including excitement, right away. And it's done in a very inviting way that you're essentially getting the woman to ask you to show what you're about to do. You know, I've heard in different systems, guys say, well, do a magic trick. Well, you know, I have a background in entertainment. I did walk around magic in the Bay Area at restaurants for several years. I did a lot of different magic tricks. I have a collection of magic and and books on magic. Just doing a, a, a magic trick doesn't work. It has to be interactive, playful, and touch on some areas of appropriate intimacy where the woman is heavily engaged, and in this one actually touches on reproduction in a way that's very playful and, and uh, exciting to a woman. Okay, we'll take your word for it. How about component number five? The next one is the playful sexual intrigue that we were just touching on that... Uh, really gets into this whole idea, and we could almost talk an hour just on this topic alone, of implicit, explicit sexual banter. When men think of sex, we often think of sex in explicit terms, and that's really a turnoff to women, because women tend to think of sex in implicit terms. We think of uh, the tease and talking about uh, sex in very subtle ways, smoldering, teasing, themes of reproduction. And if you think of this frame and essentially steal it from a woman, and use that before she does, it forces her to kind of flip the script because both can't be implicit at the same time. So we talk about sexual intrigue, and it it, it implies uh, that you're not just Mr. Fun and Games, not Mr. Good Guy, that there's a, a level of mystery that you're bringing to the table, but appropriate that can be done in a way that can be really appropriate for, for women of any age that's not going to be inappropriate in any venue, that it's a little bit teasing but not dirty or awkward or you know going to portray you in a bad light. And to do it just the right way takes some skill, but it's very, very important for a woman. Yeah. Okay, component number six. Component number six is appropriate intimacy. And uh, what we think about intimacy, you know, there's a lot of talk on, uh, among men about when, you know, in, in dating situations, when you take things to a physical level, when you do the first kiss, when you hold her hand for the first time even. And, you know, our belief is that if you do it out of nowhere, you know, you're talking just kind of in a friendly mode and you're at coffee and you're just kind of walking along and then suddenly you hold her hand, that can be quite jarring to a woman if it's the first time that you've actually had some kind of physical contact. So what we project in in the system is to really uh, do it right from the introduction stage and again through this compelling uh, uh, form of entertainment, this magic trick, uh, because it's interactive, you're actually holding her hand uh, right away. And, you know, a hand is an interesting part of a woman's body because it's uh, 
innocent enough. You know, we use our hands and gesture and at work and, and things. And yet it's also a very sensual part of a woman's body. And the way that you hold a woman's hand sensually, carefully, gently, but firmly can convey a lot of things to a woman right away. And it's a very, very important skill for men to master. And if you can do it right up front, you've already kind of started yourself on the path to escalating things to a physical level, uh, if you so choose. That's the, that's the real important part, is that if you so choose, then, um, you know, you think about friends and there may be hugs and maybe a little bit of that. The fact that you can demonstrate intimacy appropriate for the venue, appropriate for the level of interaction, is very, very important to a woman. How about component number seven? Component number seven is almost an overriding theme through all of these components of attraction, and that's comfort. A woman needs to know that, you know, you guys can tease each other and maybe have different opinions, but that you're not going to hurt her either emotionally or physically at any time in the relationship. And it's it's kind of a strange paradox for women, but there's an implied thing when you do tease a woman that you have this implied rapport right away that shows, you know, hey, I'm teasing you, but, you know, deep down I really care about you and I would never see you hurt or do anything to hurt you. And uh, the impact of an icebreaker right, right away can build rapport, but more importantly, comfort, which is really, really important. Again, getting back to this world that we're in today with online dating, we're meeting and interacting with more strangers than ever before, especially in urban settings. And while we're comfortable with that, we're more open to the idea of online dating. There's an idea that it is the real world. And frankly, any of us have been out dating long enough have been burned by either, you know, people who weren't who they said they were or, you know, over time we just found ourselves disappointed in profound ways. So the little things that you can do along the way, and certainly at the introduction stage to build comfort, kind of offset some of those other concerns that a woman might have. And how about the final component of attraction, number eight? The final component of attraction is humor. Humor is universally engaging and entertaining, and uh, we're talking about uh, humor that uh, can appeal to women of all ages, that can be appropriate in any venue. And uh, you know, if you look at any woman's dating profile, almost all of them will say that they're looking for a man with a sense of humor. It, it, right. it, I can't think of anything almost more universally adapted in those kinds of segments. Every personal ad says, I want to meet somebody with a good sense of humor. Of course, I define that as somebody who laughs at my jokes. Right. Well, your jokes better be darn good then. <laughs> they better be. Well, before we wrap this up, we might as well plug a couple of your websites. I understand that your ebook is now available online through your website, greatesticebreakerever.com. And also, you have another uh, website which is called straightrazor.com. And we better spell razor for people because it's R A Z R, straightrazor.com. Tell us about those two websites and what kinds of things you have for men. The greatest icebreaker ever.com is the ebook that we described in some detail. It actually walks you through the icebreaker. It's part of a three step system that gets women contacting you so that they follow up with you and you've built such a strong vibe for you that um, you really do become the chooser and select who you want to be dating. And that's part of our larger straight razor lifestyle coaching system for men. All these sites that we've mentioned linked to straightrazor.com. We offer a myriad of features and articles and interviews, including interviews with women, straightrazorgals.com. Every month we interview and to really get an insight and just get them to tell stories about things that worked and didn't work. We have a radio station that we run podcasts on. 
virtually all of that's free and the things that we do sell include our own relationship coaching for men to really get some of their inner game issues handled as well as the ebook that's available for thirty nine ninety five through greatest icebreaker ever as well as the arrogant menswear merchandise where we're actually uh, distributing clothes right from the hot spots of the country new york and la wonderful i'd like to thank my guest barrett solberg Single Living is a production of the Singles Podcasting Network in San Rafael, California. If you have any comments or suggestions about Single Living, feel free to email us at comments at singlespodcastingnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, this is your host, Rich Goss. Rich Goss.